Welcome to the Moving Beyond Your Tribe, where we dig deep on how to stand out from the crowd by building bridges and breaking free from the comfort zone of colloquialism, industrial language, and jargon to find new words, new thinking, and new approaches to ignite action, mobilize a wider network of ambassadors, create customer loyalty, even in a downturn, and build better internal culture. Hi, I'm your host, Torin. I'm bilingual and throughout my life have straddled two cultures, Norwegian and American. I've worked in 10 different industries spanning 25 countries. I have seen firsthand the power of diverse collaboration to create impact across cultures, countries, and the political divide. On this podcast, we will bring on notable leaders from all walks of life to teach us and provide us tools on how they have moved beyond their comfort zone and create amazing breakthroughs of profit, opportunities, and impact. Now let's get started. Hi, welcome to the Moving Beyond Your Tribe podcast. And I'm so excited today to have Laura Lather from the market here. And the reason why I'm interviewing her today is because I was walking towards the falls to the park, and then I saw the market, and I saw you standing outside. And I've always been curious about it because I've been here for about a week and a half. And then I thought, I'm just going to go over and take a look. And then I find out you're closing. But you were so kind because you let me come in. And I'm seeing these empty chairs, empty shelves with a few wines, some amazing cheese. I got some incredible wine. And she actually has my favorite wine from Croatia, which I've never had outside of Croatia. <laughs> and then these cheeses. And I've just been like feasting on it when I really should be on being more healthy and on a diet, but such is life. So welcome, Laurel. Well, thank you. So today you, you're officially closed. is your first day closed. Yes. And I could just feel the ambience when I'm here, feel the openness, the community that you've created. And when you look at your the market, how did you get started? I got started just a, a unique story. I had worked for Sioux Falls Brewing Company right across the street here. And we started um, this great brew pub, never drank a beer, still don't. But I love the concept and how the building felt and been in the restaurant business all my life and met these great people and learned so much. They allowed me to just take all my talents and run and as I did that five years later, it was just like, I need to start doing this for myself. I've oh, wow. always wanted to do my own. Yeah. So decided to do it. So that's 20 years ago. Well, in the night before 9-11, I was sitting on the back patio telling my husband I was making the move. I, Tomorrow I'm going in and I'm putting in my notice and I'm going to start my own business. And we talked all about what I wanted to do. And then you wake up in the morning and you go, oh, my gosh, what do you do? You know, 9-11. Oh, my gosh. So, what an what a strange day. Yeah. And, and it was just a really surreal day for everybody. And I'm just thinking, what am I doing? You know, is this going to be the right time? So did you say the notice before you heard about 9-11 or did you? No. You said the notice after 9-11. After, yeah, because I was, I got up that morning to drive to work and, and tell them that I was going to go on my own venture now and heard that on the radio going in. And it was a day, uh, obviously didn't get the chance to even tell them because it was a day that nobody just needed to think about stuff like that. And it was just like, 
you know, do you take the chance now? I know. You know, do you believe in your country enough? Are we going to be okay through this and stuff? And I thought, well, going to do it. I was ready and I wanted to do it. And we opened up um, <laughs> on in uh, December. 2001. 2000. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. And, and how did you, how did you find this amazing place? Well, and this is one of my other locations. I, oh, you have several I, I've locations. known to get that five-year itch, always looking for the perfect place. Mm. And so I've actually been in four different locations here downtown. I've been at this spot for six years now and had timing and stuff been different. I would continue to be here. This right. was this was my home. This was your favorite this place. Was, this was where I belonged right from the beginning. And how did you find it? Was it just that it was opened or was it just... When the, they first started renovating, the owner had come to me and said, Laurel, this building was meant for you. Oh. And I, I really considered it, but going into and just seeing the, the emptiness before things had been renovated, and it just seemed a little bit bigger project than I was ready to take on at the time. So I passed on that for a while and took a different location uh, right in the heart of downtown and was down on Phillips Avenue. So it was just like, okay. And I started off as retail, didn't really want this much space. But um, fate still brought me back. So fate brought you <laughs> back. And, and to just explain a little bit, it's like a warehouse it kind is. of looking. And it's got like that old industrial feel with the brick, the red bricks, a beautiful porch that you walk yourself up. You almost feel like you're in the West. Oh, absolutely. This building has so much history to it. And this is the Harvester building. So it was the old International Harvester showroom on the main floor. That's why when you go in the lower level, the great big beams to hold up the weight. And, right. you know, um, the, the history of this building is just astonishing. You see some of the old pictures of it. And she was beautiful right from the start and just needed the right people to love her and take care of her. Right. And so you have um, you have basically artisan cheese, you have wine and you have great nuts and some unique chocolates. And then you also had a restaurant. Yes. Right. Yeah. We had a restaurant where only at one time did we ever have a chef that was truly trained. Otherwise, we have always brought in people that were interested but didn't get the chance. And so we taught them in and brought them in, taught them. Some of them stayed. We had long, long time employees and some people as the restaurant industry is, new place opens, new challenge, and they go to that. And we're just proud to see that the people that worked here went on and their lives were better. And I like to think that at least a little bit of that was because of me. <laughs> of course. And, uh, and what I like so much is when you were, talking here about the attention to detail. And I think that's why you were so successful because I read about several paper, newspaper articles about you before I came here. And it's all this praise and lament that you're leaving. You're like an institution in Sioux Falls. How did you create such a community that people now are, are grieving? Like yesterday, people are taking tables with them just to have the memory of the place. I think it was just the love that we gave from what we did with our food to caring about the details and buying locally and having those relationships with the winemakers themselves. And I think that they saw that we cared so much that they cared. You know, wow. it, this wasn't really a place that you just 
came for lunch. It was someplace that you you felt something. We had people, so many people that were engaged here. We oh, had wow. a couple of people that were married here. Oh, my gosh. And it, it was just built up a long time. People loved the food. They kept coming back. And I was one, which I don't get to do anymore, but I was the one that greeted them at the door and hugged them. And it was just thank you for being here and, and love talking to everybody. We got to know what everybody's families, what was happening in their families. And, and it became almost a clubhouse, so to speak, for a lot of people. They would yell across from tables. They knew each other and people would be moving around. And it, 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 was, it was a magical place. It, it's not just a restaurant. It really was just a place for people to go and feel good, go out for the night. So if you, uh, when you started out creating this magical place, what were the main things that you think made it so successful? I think the biggest thing was the uh, comfort level. That, comfort level. That what do you mean by that? People. When you walk through that door, even, you know, you, you look at our photo on, on the cover of Facebook and, and you think that, oh, I have to dress up to be there. It looks pretty fancy. But it was so comfortable. People felt we had the Turkish blankets laid over the back of the booth. So if the ladies were chilled by the air conditioning, they could put that over their shoulders and a little chilly during the winter. We built a comfortable place. That was things that people always said that they just felt at home here. People would come back behind the bar. <laughs> and it was just like, you know, it was. It, it was it's like it was a second coming, home. Yeah, it was coming to somebody else's house. And, the, and a lot of people use that term. It was their second home. And they always knew that they were going to learn something. Special nights, I would. I had a little cheese cart. And oh, I you did? And I would go to the tables and stand there and talk to them all about the cheeses and tell them why it was going to be delicious. Not, oh, you should just enjoy this. This is how it's made. This is what makes it unique. And we had a bond with people that people came here wanting to be educated and and to challenge their palates. That's really interesting. So you always challenged yourself. And by challenging yourself, you inspired other people to learn more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably really right about that because that was when I left here. It's not like you went home and you were done for the night. I'm a cookbook fanatic. I have tons of them and I love pictures. I go through and go, oh, I could do this with that. And all of my wine reps, the um, seafood people that we bought from, they they all it was just a challenge for them. They loved coming here. They would. Wednesday afternoon, they'd all be at the bar. It's not the competition thing once they walked into this door. It was, what are we going to learn today? What are we going to try? And they knew that they had to come armed with stories for me because that wine wasn't going to be on that shelf if that was story. Oh, so wine with the story. So my Croatian wine, what's the story behind that wine? Well, in the Croatian wine, you know, and I really don't know that much about it. The exciting thing about that is that you don't see wines from that area very no, often. No, you don't. And I was um, so impressed that you actually got it. There was a tie-in with somebody that lived in Sioux Falls here that knew about these people. And then all of a sudden, you know, the word kept spreading. And then one of the distributors brought it in. And they were nervous whether it was going to sell. Well, they knew where are you going to go. It's not going to sit on a shelf in one of the local grocery stores. It needs to be in a place where somebody's going to go, you have to try this. This is from Croatia. <laughs> so 
And that's what you did. And that's what we did. Yeah. I I know. I was so surprised. Then you had wine from, was it Serbia? You have like wine from all over. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was just such a great great deal. And so we always, we, we pushed myself to be able to learn new things. And, and I mean, I'm always looking, I have a one site that is nothing but small producers. Nobody large can be on this page. And what's the page called? And it's called FAIR. FAIR. F-A-I-R-E. F-A-I-R-E. Okay. And so you can go on there and it's, you just scroll through and they, they do the website like how I would. So there's a product, you know, the bitters that we got from this place from Portland. They tell you who made it, how they make it, why they got into business. So all the stories are there and it is just, and oh, so yeah. that's my favorite site. And I would see something I hadn't had before. Bye, you know, and, and it was just like, and then I couldn't wait to tell people, you got to try this. And so we'd go back and tell the people in the kitchen, guess what you're cooking with? <laughs> <laughs> you're cooking with the bitters from Portland. <laughs> so we're going to try this. And we had a Surf's Up seafood program that we did once a month. What's it called? It, we called it Surf's Up. Surf's Up, okay. A dear friend of mine, and actually worked with him over um, one of the owners at the Sioux Falls Brewing Company. And he started a seafood restaurant in, right next to my place downtown. And we shared a door in the middle. So it, it was so much fun. And he got me to love and understand seafood. Well, this website that he always bought the food with. And the guy laughed because I never owned a cell phone up until about a month ago. Oh, you're kidding me. (laughs) And he says, you're my first customer I've had to deal with just only on Facebook. And we would send messages. And he got to see that just challenge us. We had the big smoker out here. We brought in whole Mako sharks and stuffed them with fruit and rolled them in banana leaves. And oh, you're threw kidding them me. out there. And I mean, just about any kind of strange seafood you can think of, we've had. And, and that was all because we built up these relationships and they knew I wanted to be challenged. And there you go. So we had the strangest game, seafood. We just challenged people, come, come try this. So what was your meal that if you look back that surprised you the most? Like really just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how great this is. Oh man, there were so many. That that shark was truly amazing. But one of the ones that we did, and I didn't know a lot about African food. So we studied about South African food and we had the whole uh, goat on the spit out here and oh my carried gosh. that in and, <laughs> and made all of these dishes that had never even, I, we went down there's, and that's one good thing about Sioux Falls that you'll discover all these little ethnic grocery stores. Mm. Yeah, most people don't know what's there. I mean, a lot of the stuff they had in there wasn't even labeled. So I was just like, Oh, we got to talk about this. Tell me what to do. And so we went in there, and in the back room, she's making that injera bread. Oh, wow. So we had fresh injera bread and all these unique fruits and dishes. That that was probably one of my most unique that always sticks in my head. That I, I just remember people seeing when the chefs came down with that, that whole coat, just the looks on their faces. <laughs> and... You look at that table full of flowers and fruits and whatnots, and and they're just like, okay, we're going to give it a try. 
you know, some of it like some of it, some of it they thought was amazing, but they tried. They tried for the first time. Wow. So did you have staple meals as well? Or was it that you create that your that your brand was that everything was new and different and come and learn? Most of it was new and different. We had definite standbys. We were known for our tomato basil Chianti soup. That's all the bottles, the wall downstairs that's covered in the bottles. And that was something that people came in and took home, just adored. Our turkey sandwich, we had a wild rice bread that we did a um, turkey breast, did orange marmalade and goat cheese spread on the one side and made a cranberry Merlot sauce on the other side. And you had your turkey and spinach. Oh, my gosh. That was on our menu from day one and ended up on the menu the very last day. So and did you create that? All the years. Yep. Wow. How did you come up with that? That sounds incredible. I just play. That's what wow. I do. I go home and go through the pantry and I play. <laughs> so you love it. I do. I, I have loved it from the day I was a little girl. Wow. But you don't, do you have formal education for cooking or is it more like just learning on the I, job? I have a couple of years that uh, went to training, but otherwise, and I did that just for fine tuning. Right. You know, but it, it was just something that really was just a natural talent for me. I, I sat next to my grandmother and you know, would help her cook. And, and it was always just, Oh, what are they doing? And we always laughed. My little game for washing dishes was to take the little leftover things. And, and I would make plates, obviously not eat it, but it was just like, now what if I did this and put this together? And it, it, even doing chores, it was always something I had to pull food into. I, I'm a big gardener. I oh, want wow. the newest and most unique seeds to what am I going to grow in the garden this year? And so oh it is, it's a passion. And how did you get into cheese? Cause you have some amazing and unique cheeses. I'm a Wisconsin girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm original Wisconsin girl. And, um, Sundays for football was always Bloody Mary soup, cheeses, sardines, and the tiger meat with the fresh farm egg. And, and we still do that tradition every Sunday. Oh, wow. That's what we do. And uh, so the more I got to learn about cheese and start being able to get these international cheeses, first time I had the good stinky French cheese, it was just like, oh, what an experience. My gosh. So... And I still challenge myself on new ones. That's what keeps you young. Yes, it does. Wow. <laughs> so if you look back and you started uh, 20 years ago, how did you get people in the door? What was it that got people interested in what you were doing? You know, that's a really good question because other than being at two main restaurants, when I moved into Sioux Falls here, nobody really knew me. And it was, I was in the kitchen at the very first place I worked at. So Nobody knew me much, and and so it was kind of that newcomer that came in, and one of the ladies that was driving inspiration for me, Carol Pagonas, who ran the downtown area, this downtown was really struggling at the time, and they needed, there were a lot of open spaces, and they needed people, and so she stood by my side, and it's just like, come on, girly, you can do this. You know, and, and she gave me the encouragement to 
say yes. And she, you know, she was one that walked down the street to all the small businesses and talked to, how is your day? How are things going for you? You know, so if you were having trouble, she would help you find an answer for it. And I think I surprised people with the great wines and everything that we had there to get started with. Did you do events and stuff free. like that? Or did you not at first? No, the first, no. my first location was really just a retail store. Right. So I, I thought, well, this is what I'm going to try with and just kind of see, because at the time there were, really wasn't any buildings that were restaurant right. ready and I didn't have the funds to be able to start something like that. So we started off in retail and then a few blocks down the bakery opened up and they were closing and it had just enough kitchen that I could get into more of a deli situation. Oh, so you went from retail to deli. Kind yep. Of. All right. So kept my retail. We had a lower level with spirits and, and we started doing some events there. And uh, we were, I don't, I don't think we were even open until six o'clock and then we closed. We didn't do dinners on a norm. And I had all these great tattooed ladies that worked for me. They and and you know their personalities just brought people in, and we made the turkey sandwiches, and we made all these great things, and people were lining up for it. So, so that's when the success really happened. That's when it all started, and it was like, yeah, that's I was meant to be in the restaurant. I I try to get away from it, and then it gets pushed right back in. So, but how did you find these colorful, fun people? I got lucky. You know, I, I wasn't one. I didn't want to hire people that had lots of experience. I have found through the years that usually, especially in this industry, people that have worked have in one place for a long time have a mindset that this is how they were trained to do it. And whether I'm not saying good or bad, but it's not mine. I always wanted things to be casual. Mm. Nobody ever had a uniform. Wow. You know, I, I wanted them. I told anybody that we were interviewing, when you come in here, it, it's not about the formalities. I don't care if you're putting the glass on the right side or the left side or which way you're serving. I want you just to feel comfortable. If, if these two people are leaning and talking to each other, don't interrupt. Just go. I said, plan it as if you're planning your own party at home. When oh. you go to that table, treat those people like you invited them to your house. Oh, wow. And if they looked at me and just kind of went, because mm, not everybody likes a soft structure. Some people want a structure, do structure. like structure. Right. You know. So you allow people to grow into a I role. I do. I, I treated and I called, I called our staff family, Right. you know, and, and they were to me. I mean, we ran Christmas parties. I did anything I could for those people that were good to me back. It was just like, I love my staff, every single one of them. Wow. And that love showed. And they spread that to the people that came here and the customers gave it back. You know, I, I've never, I've, the, especially this location, I've never seen where we received gifts from people and we, thank you cards. We had a board back in the kitchen of thank you cards from people that were sent in for how they were treated or how great the meal was or, you know, how they were touched by something that happened or, and we kept that board up and, 
in it was just a reminder of yeah you know th- this is you work so hard in this industry you have to have that love coming back and you're not going to get it unless you give it oh that's nice you're not going to get it unless you give it yeah that's very interesting huh so you were able to create just by the love you had for it and the love of the staff somehow the magic of love just emanated it it, it inspired people it inspired people and you gave them room to be themselves yes so it wasn't just you and your personality. You had many other personalities. Absolutely. Here. And That's those people that came here, you'd see people two, three times a week. Oh, they come that often. They come in for lunch. They come in at night, on the weekends, come for events. And, you know, then all of a sudden they got to know all the other regulars, too. <laughs> so it just became a club. <laughs> and anybody else who came was welcome and they would go up to them and say oh you know oh is this your first time here oh well, you know oh you have to try this and uh so they were even they selling were your meals <laughs> <laughs> but you were on facebook so if you think about marketing wise you you had um the director of the Sioux Falls downtown helping mm-hmm. kind of set things up for you and you got your first deli and then you go into the restaurant how through that process, what did you do uh, to market? Did you do ads or was it just word of mouth or early on? I did some advertising in the local paper and didn't I, I don't know if it really worked because because we were so unique, we weren't, you know, we're, we're not the chain that you know that this is what the menu is going to be. You have that comfortableness with it. And when you take your family there, that's what you're going to get, and you're happy with that. And when you advertise, that's kind of the people that are reading that. Right. You know, so we definitely weren't a place for everybody. Right. But you attracted the people you wanted. Yeah. So it, it was better off. I, I found out that the advertising was money I could have spent to buy more really fun things in the store and really relied on word of mouth. So word these of mouth. people okay. that were coming and enjoying the place, tell your friends that you know are going to enjoy because then we're getting those people, you know, because it breaks my heart and, and I've seen it through the 20 years. Every once in a while, people come in and they sit down and they look at the menu and they well, this isn't really what we were looking for. Thank you. And and I understand, but it breaks your heart. You know, you never want to see somebody, somebody leave. But, you know, you, you just knew when, when you do that unique food, it's not going to be for everybody. So you basically did what's marketing 101 is you attracted the people you love and you repelled the people you didn't really want. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. You really were a niche that you, mm-hmm. and you got the, and you got the people you really, really like that work for you, and they're because you were so true to yourself. Did you plan that out, or was it just following your heart? Following my heart, actually. Everything I did was following my heart. Worked most of the time. (laughs) Right. You know, and sometimes, well, and if you don't have a failure, then that's when your head gets too big. So it is just like, okay, yeah, well. I stepped over the border there and that was a little too far out or, you know, oh, maybe we have to step this up. And, and so you just learn from it and you change and Facebook changed everything. How did that change? And when did you start with Facebook? Boy, I'm trying to think it would have been, it would have been before we moved here and 
I don't even know how long I've been on there now. Probably once it came out, one of the staff said, Mama, we got to show you how to use this Facebook. And, and, and I fell in love with Facebook oh. because it, it was something that was so easy for me to understand getting on the computers and, and not being really literate with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Technology is never one of those things that's, right. you know, creative people go to this side. That's a, that's a little two step, but they taught me the basics of Facebook. And I, and I found when I would put the dish out and take a picture and I love photography. So it was like, Oh, I can take a picture and say something fun about it. Boom, boom, boom. The phone would start ringing immediately. And oh, it, really? You know, and it targeted the people that you were looking for because people weren't going to friend the market if that's not what you were looking for. They didn't want and, the shark. <laughs> you know, if you love Velveeta and fish sticks, you're not going to friend the market. Right. So it was a great expression for me to be able to put it out there. So did you do that from your personal Facebook page or did you do this from the market Facebook page. I, I had both. You had both. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you kind of had your voice and then you had the market. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you know, mine, everybody knew that that would be a more personal in depth of the food and right. they would get to see people that were friends on my personal page would see the makings of dishes. Cause oh. when I'm at home, especially during COVID, that was the only way to reach out to everybody. So it was like, yes, you are going to see everything that's going to be going on as I start my garden. <laughs> you're going to see everything of what I'm cooking and you're going to see my cats. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, a lot of the new dishes when we start, when we reopened after COVID were all dishes that the regulars and my friends had seen me on Facebook rolling this dough and making this different thing. And, oh, we're making gumbo. We're making the curry. This curry dish that we created one night ended up being one of the biggest menu items that we had when we came back. Oh, really? So, so everyone was salivating. You're like tempting everyone while they're locked up. And then, yeah. they, when then, and then as soon as you open, everyone's rushing. We have to go to the market. <laughs> In any wine I was enjoying, you know, oh, oh, there's a glass of wine and it's always set up. I would, I would, <laughs> our friends would say, can we really just drink this? <laughs> I know, but I got to get this. I got to get this right. I got to get my picture first. Then we can do it. And so then I would tell them the story about this is what I'm drinking tonight. And this is the story behind it. Well, then they would come down to the store. Okay. I want some of that. So, so you really saw how your voice attracted the customers mm -hmm. and then really saw how Facebook became your best friend. Yes. Just by, by just by telling these stories. Mm -hmm. Did you ever do Instagram or no? No, there is an Instagram page and that was from the employees. Okay. <laughs> so they did that. Yep. Yep. Little Katie was so good. She would take pictures and she was trying to teach me how to use it. I need to get better at those things, especially now that I'm losing my biggest format to put my stuff out. I'm going to have to be able to push it other ways and I'm going to have to learn that. So, so if you look back on your, and, and I think I would love it if you could tell a little bit about yesterday when all these people were buying. I mean, I think the gift of looking back and looking back what you've done is how much you've changed people's lives through food and wine. Well, and it, it, it is, it's, it's really touching to have people come in and, you know, were they here for a good deal? Of course, 
but all the stories as, as they're at the till. And that was, I wanted to be the one to bring people out and be able to thank them for being here with me for all these years. And they come up and tell their stories. Because you would see them buy some of little our clipboards that we, I did the cheese stickers on the back of our clipboards. Right. And that's what we had the menu. So that, well, well, we're not having that reprint and we'd stick the new pages in. And people were buying clipboards for gifts for people and having me autograph the back of them. Oh, and wow. it was just like, <laughs> you know, the booth that somebody had proposed in. They had to have that table and chairs so that they could have that for their wedding. And pictures on the walls that they, when they sat in their favorite, because everybody had their, when they called in for reservations, they didn't even have to say. It's just like, nope, those people sit there. Those people love this table. You knew where they had to go. And they looked at certain pictures all the time and little decor things that always meant something to them. It was touching to hear the stories of each of the, oh, I'm buying this because I remember when we were here for dinner and we were a um, four-time burger champion and we always served the, for the first three years, we served the burgers on these certain wood boards that had the market engraved. But then they've gotten old and you can kind of see the market engraving still on there, but they all wanted that. They remembered, oh, I just remember coming here for your burger and and they bought the steak knife that we would put through the bun and the board. You know, just little things that you don't think about that would touch people and um, would mean something that they wanted it in their home. So looking at that amazing experience you had yesterday, it was like a farewell, but also a gift of all these stories. How does that, well, looking now, what is, how does that make you feel? Or what, what, what are some of the thoughts that you're thinking about? It's really a mix and and you know yeah, <laughs> me yeah. enough now that yeah. you know that that it's going to hit me. It made me very happy. You know, I, I was when people bought certain things. Some friends bought these two tables that were built from the walls downstairs when we remodeled, and they're taking them to their new home that they're building. And it was just like absolute glee to see. I'm a bit of a pack rat. That's why we had so much stuff, but every little item meant something to me. And when, when they, I saw those tables going to that home, I knew that I was going to be sitting at that table again. And all the memories when we sit around that and the stories we're going to tell, it made me feel really good to know all these little pieces that I love and treasure were going to good homes. Mm. And, you know, it, you go through the elation. It's heartbreak because they're heartbroken that they're losing their favorite place to go. And I'm heartbroken that I'm not going to be sitting at this bar talking to him anymore. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's mixed. But if you think about the work that you've done and how you've influenced people's lives, how, how does that make you feel? Like you don't think of a business and I, and I love, it's like, I think it's Tony Robbins who says all business is spiritual. You know, all that you do is spiritual or all that you do is a gift of you giving to someone else. Right. And you right now have been seeing how you've impacted all these people's lives. Yeah. It's, it's very humbling to see because you don't think about it. Sometimes I think when, when, especially in this industry, 
you work so hard, you know. It's 12, 16 hours a day on somebody that sleeps four or five hours. And while you're sleeping, I, I laugh, I tell people, I says a lot of my ideas come in my dreams because I'll dream things up and it's just like, oh, my God, I woke up and, and, I, and I dreamt about making this dish. And so quick, write it down while you remember it. And you put so much of yourself into the work that I don't think that you sometimes see how you're really touching people. You know it at a certain level, but until you sit back and you have the time and you reflect and you go, oh my gosh, (laughs) you don't always see it. You are a ripple effect for joy. I hope so. Yeah, you were. That's That was certainly my intent was to love people and, and to give them a little bit better life, a little better taste. And, and to me, that's what life is all about, having that camaraderie of people and eating and drinking well. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there... As we come to close, I want to thank you so much. Um, it's um, I'm sitting here with all these like just a few bottles of wine left. I might buy some more wine and buy some more cheese. <laughs> and seeing the emptiness, you still feel the energy. So I, even though I've not been able to experience it, I want to thank you because I, when I've seen the people and I've read about these articles, you just see how much you've done for Sioux Falls. And we, we were actually here with a glass of rosé. What was the name of the wine? This is a Duval, nice little French. French wine. Rosé. Well, I say cheers to you and thank you for inspiring so many. Well, thank you. It's been a great journey and I look forward to it my next adventure. Exactly. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you happen to like this episode, please share with your friends. And if you're new, please pop on over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe. Leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you and how we can improve and make this better or how this has helped you. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode.